We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What are some of the biggest questions for Oregon's defense as we head into spring football on Thursday? There were a lot of high expectations in 2022 that the group didn't meet, but we're going to address some of those questions here on today's episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks over on Fan Nation, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. Excited to have you along for today's episode and uh, grateful that you guys are here. However you're here, whether you're tuned in on the podcast or watching on YouTube at Oregon Football Max Torres, we are just so happy to have you along. We are less than 24 hours away from the start of Oregon Spring Football, which is really exciting to say. Feels like uh, just the other day we were finishing up our coverage of the Holiday Bowl against North Carolina. Big win for Oregon, obviously, to reach that 10 win mark in Dan Lanning's first season. But now it's on to 2023. We got a bunch of new faces, uh, both from a personnel standpoint on the field and on the coaching staff, even some new recruiting uh, hires as well. So there's a whole lot going on in the world of Oregon football. Oregon football recruiting right now. Visits are ramping back up for Dan Lanning and the Oregon Ducks. I have uh, an updated visitor list posted on DucksDigest.com. Go on over and give that a read. It's a free read. So um, if you want to stay in tune with all things Oregon football and recruiting, go check that one out. But in today's episode, like I said, we're going to be tackling the biggest questions for Oregon's defense in spring football. And just as a little side note before we really hop into today's episode, uh, you'll remember if you've been listening uh, you know, over the past week or so, I said I wanted to make an episode position previewing every position on the team before spring football, but I'll admit it. I, I wasn't able to get that done. So I'll, uh, I'll humbly, you know, admit that I wasn't able to meet that goal, but that's why I, instead, since I only did one defensive episode, I want to go through this episode and kind of hit on all the remaining groups. I did do an episode on the cornerback position titled uh, Oregon's looking for a new alpha at cornerback. So go ahead and give that a watch. Give it a listen if you haven't already. And uh, that's obviously one of the biggest questions for Oregon's defense in the spring. So I wanted to just start with that, hit on it real quick. Christian Gonzalez heads to the NFL draft as a likely first rounder, probably a top 10 pick. Uh, Darius Slay got released by the Eagles. So some people are saying that uh, that kind of even solidifies him in the top 10 even more as that creates a need for the Eagles at corner. We'll see if he falls all the way to 10. I've seen him at six, even seven. 
in some mock drafts. But cornerback is absolutely a position of need for the Ducks with Christian Gonzalez off to the NFL. And then you also have some returners that really haven't quite measured up to where the level of play that you would hope to have gotten from them. Triquez Bridges, Dante Manning are some of those veteran guys that have been around for a while. You also have Avante Dickerson, Darren Barkins as some returners, Jaleel Florence, Jaleel Tucker. Uh, Jaleel Florence saw a lot of playing time last year, and uh, I think that he's in store for a big season, take that uh, that leap as a sophomore. And then Jaleel Tucker didn't really see the field a whole lot as a true freshman. So those are some of the guys that they had on the roster already. But boy, is that a position that gets an absolute injection of talent. Uh, specifically in the spring, you're looking at Kyrie Jackson, the Alabama corner transfer, um, who comes over from the SEC, obviously. Then you got Dalen Austin, uh, an Under Armour All-American corner from Long Beach Poly, flipped from LSU to Oregon during the early signing period. He looks like he's going to be on campus in time for spring football, which starts on Thursday. Solomon Davis from Charter Oak High School, a prestigious high school program in Southern California in Covina. He was kind of a late addition for Oregon after the Ducks got involved when he was still committed to Arizona. Um, so those are two guys that are going to be joining at corner. And then you also have Cole Martin, Demetrius Martin's son, uh, who was already on campus and enrolled following the Adidas All-American Bowl. So tons of athleticism, tons of twitch, tons of playmaking ability, uh, some good size being added to that room as well. So keep an eye on that cornerback spot. But with that being said, without with that out of the way, we're going to go to the rest of the defense. And I want to start off on safeties. My question for Oregon's defense regarding the safeties, who steps up as a dude? And in my notes, I wrote dude in all caps because Oregon hasn't really had a dude since 2021 with Rome McKinley. You know, he was really solid. And then before him, you had Javon Holland, obviously, but Oregon's room right now, you have a ton of experience, a ton of returning vets, but what have those veterans really done for you in their time at Oregon? You know, I don't think any of those guys are just, you know, you have to have that guy on the field. He cannot be on the bench for you. You know, you have Brian Addison, who I think probably had his best season as a duck last year. You have Jamal Hill who comes back, Steve Stevens, the fourth, who also comes back. Those are all guys who have shown flashes, but haven't really consistently put it together at a high level um, to really take their game to that next step to, you know, be someone that quarterbacks don't want to throw at. Maybe that conversation is more suited for corners, but even so, I think that's still a little bit of the conversation for safeties. So you have those guys returning as some of your main contributors from a year ago. You lose Bennett Williams, uh, who exhausted his college eligibility. Um, and then you also have a couple of big-time transfers coming in, guys that look promising. I'm speaking about Bennett's younger brother, Evan Williams, who comes over from Fresno State as a, as a hard-hitting safety, a guy who has some good playmaking ability, good ball skills, really solid, reliable tackler in open space, just like his brother was. So he comes in and figures to be a guy who, who does a whole lot. Then you also have Tysheem Johnson, who comes over from Ole Miss, originally from the Philadelphia area been kind of interesting to follow that on the recruiting trail. I was just writing something earlier today. Um, I think it's because Jalen McLean uh, is from the Northeast uh, in New Jersey. So he's visiting this weekend. And it's just kind of interesting to see the different pockets that this Oregon staff is pushing into because the Northeast hasn't really been that popular of a destination for Oregon to hit on the recruiting trail. But Tysheem Johnson, you know, was a really good tackler, 
uh, had a lot of production in the SEC, was an all-SEC all freshman, I want to say, in 2020 or 2021. I can't exactly remember what year it was, but I know he was an all-SEC guy at, at some point. I think all-SEC freshman, rather. So you have a lot of guys that are in this room that are capable of giving you a lot of solid production, but it's like it's kind of a, I don't know if I would say top-heavy group, but there's so many guys that have played so much football there Who's going to stand out in that room? Who's going to show up to spring ball and say, I'm going to end spring ball as the top safety in this room, and I don't care what anybody has to say about it. I'm going to be that guy. Who's going to come to the HDC? Who's going to come, you know, clock in for practices every day with that kind of mentality? Because that's what the, that's what the secondary needs. They really haven't had that since Verone McKinley and, and Bennett Williams were just a really, really solid combo in 2021. You know, so many interceptions, so many turnovers forced. They really need that. They were bend, don't break in 2021, which, you know, had its high points, but wasn't great. And then they were really good against the run and then kind of mediocre in a lot of other aspects in 2022. So this defense enters the spring needing to make a huge step forward, to take a huge leap. There's too much talent and there's too much, uh, too many good coaches for this group to not take a big step forward. And I think that's, obviously an area that a lot of fans were frustrated with last year. So given some of the people that we're going to talk about, you know, additions, returners, uh, I think that this is a group that can and needs to take that step forward. If the Oregon Ducks want to get back to the playoff, get that, get that first national championship. Also have a couple of other returners that maybe haven't played a whole lot of ball. Uh, you have Trajan Williams, who's originally from the Portland area, uh, Jefferson high school. I want to say, um, he, he is a guy who was an All-American in 2022 um, for Oregon, and, and maybe he's going to be able to make a jump into that conversation. You also have Tyler Turner from Texas. He enrolled early after signing with the Ducks in 2023, former Baylor commit, by the way. Um, and then speaking about the safeties, you also have Chris Hampton, who comes in as a new member of the Oregon coaching staff following, a, uh, following a, another stint in Tulane as the D.C., so this is a group that you have some new guys coming in, you have a new position coach, but you also have some of those vets that are comfortable at Oregon and, and that really need to take their game to another level. It's just going to be a matter of do these new guys that come out of the portal, you know, ultimately beat them out for snaps because you and I both know people don't go to Oregon out of the transfer portal expecting to sit on the bench. That's just not how it works. So I think that's going to be another fierce competition battle to watch because it seems like both safety spots are are pretty much wide open, in my opinion, just because none of those guys have just been so, so solid, so can't miss that like they entered the spring with that job locked down. That's not the reality of the situation. Next up, let's look at, hmm, let's look at the edge rusher position. And the question with the edge rushers kind of goes with the defensive line too, but I think this really falls on the edge rushers for the most part, or maybe more so, than the defensive line. Can the group get after the quarterback consistently? What was fans number one gripe with the Oregon defense last year? I'd say it had to be pass rush, pass rush, pass rush. Or too many times Oregon's opponent opposing quarterback had all the time in the world to operate in the pocket. Or when he was, you know, kind of knocked off of his, uh, out of his comfort zone, scrambled a little bit, they couldn't finish the play. And that's got to be one of the most frustrating things as a defensive coordinator, as a defensive coach, 
if you're not getting pressure or if you are getting pressure, but then you can't finish the play. Um, that was the most absent aspect of Oregon's defense last year is they weren't able to consistently just harass the opposing quarterback. And given there are a lot of really, really good quarterbacks in the Pac-12, you know, pick your poison. You got Caleb Williams at SC, Michael Penix at Washington, Cameron Rising at Utah, Shador Sanders at Colorado, uh, probably Dante Moore at UCLA. You know, there's so many talented quarterbacks that Oregon could find themselves facing next year that they're going to need this group to step up because DJ Johnson isn't there anymore. I think that he struggled to be consistent last year, but he was still the best pass rusher that they had. So this group, you get some pretty nice talent, some new additions, and then you also have Mace Funa coming back. I think Mace Funa is your most proven guy that uh, comes back from the 2022 team. Uh, I think that he is probably feeling the most confident he's felt in a while. Um, I remember various points in the 2021 season, that dude was just playing so banged up. He just looked broken. I remember after the Stanford game, I think it was him and, and Noah were just destroyed physically, but he comes back. I think that he is, he's going to be, uh, you know, a starter. And then opposite that you have Jordan Birch, the South Carolina transfer who comes in with some familiarity with Dan Lanning after being recruited by Lanning during his time on staff at Georgia. And, the upside is so obvious to see with Jordan Birch. Six foot six, 275 pounds, uber athletic guy. It's just, it's not someone, Oregon hasn't really had this body type since Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner, two massive defensive linemen that played at Oregon and ended up being first round picks, you know, all, all, uh, all pro caliber guys. I really wish that the Niners didn't trade DeForest Buckner. That still haunts me to this day. But that's another conversation for another day. Jordan Birch is in Eugene now. And Dan Lanning and Tosh Lapoy, Tony Tuioti, those guys are going to be able to get the most out of Birch. I think that he showed flashes at South Carolina, but still didn't totally put it together. And I think that Lanning, obviously with his pedigree, with Lapoy's pedigree, with Tuioti's pedigree, I think that this is a really good situation especially because of the interior depth that you have along the defensive line, the depth that you have in the interior defensive line, that's really going to, I think, set up Birch to have success in his, in his uh, debut at Oregon. So I think that you probably have Birch and Funa as your top two edge guys. Um, but then you have some other returners that I think could be uh, in the mix. I think Anthony Jones is someone who should uh, kind of be in the mix here. I think he's around 6'3", 240, 245 pounds. Uh, redshirt freshman signed with Oregon in 2022 out of Nevada. Um, he's super athletic, and, and I think he's putting a lot of work in the weight room. Maybe he's someone that can be up for grabs. Uh, maybe he's someone that can be in that competition for that uh, you know number two spot that uh, on the two deep. I think that he, he should be able to compete a little bit. Marion Winston, uh, state of Oregon guy. I've talked about it before. I think that when guys come from Oregon to play for the university of Oregon, I think it means a little bit more to them. So we'll see if he can, how refined is his game as we go into the spring. And then you have to talk about some of the 2023 guys. Birch is one of the 2023 guys via the portal, but the high school guys from the 2023 class, you got a pair of them that are already on campus in Eugene. And I think the one that most people are excited about is Mateo Uyungalele the former All-American edge rusher defensive lineman from St. John Bosco. 
you know, I've been around him a whole lot since I moved down to Southern California. He's now in Eugene, obviously, but the guy just has a presence about him where he's just, he's locked in and he's so cool, calm and collected. Um, you know, I want to say he's around 6'5", 240, 250. So he definitely has the physical tools for it. But um, kind of the talk in recruiting circles, you know, from some of the other industry guys that I talked to is just, they didn't really see that consistency from Mateo that they really wanted to see, um, you know, throughout the season. He did play well in some really big games. I don't want to take that away from him at all. You know, Bosco was national champions and, and he played well against Sarah in the title game against modern day in that crazy Southern section final. Um, but I'm curious to see how he can really elevate his game, seeing that he's only going to be focusing on defense now because he kind of played here and there tight end for uh, Bosco and he really stepped up when they needed him to in the playoffs, but he's a guy that has so, so much upside, um, you know, comes from a school where he was really, really well coached. So I'm going to be really interested to track his development as one of the highly, the most highly coveted recruits to ever sign with Oregon. Um, I said, after he committed to Oregon, this is the kind of guy that you bring Tosh Lapoy. This is the kind of guy that you bring Dan Lanning to Oregon to land. Oregon's defensive line and, and edge rushers have been good, solid over the past couple of years, but you need dudes and you need more than one dude along that defensive line. That's why so many of these other schools, you know, your, your Alabamas, your Clemsons, your Ohio States, your Georgias, they're excelling on the defensive line because they all have more than one guy that can get it done. If you only have one guy that can get it done, it makes you predictable and it makes you easy to game plan for, which is not something that Oregon wants to do at this point to take that next step in their ascension and their ascent as a defense. So Mateo Uyunglele, I think, is a prime candidate to be in that too deep, even as a true freshman. Um, and then you also have Tatum Tuioti, who enrolled early and went through bowl practices with the Ducks, local guy out of Sheldon High School, um, you know, originally from Hawaii son of Tony Tuioti, the Oregon defensive line coach. He's a guy who really ascended on the recruiting trail throughout his senior year. Sheldon was one of the best teams in the state, and I really like the athleticism and the quickness and the pursuit that Tatum brings to the table. So maybe not a guy that had a lot of hype and a lot of buzz coming to Oregon. I want to say he was a high three-star guy, but someone to keep an eye on for sure because this is a group that's pretty wide open. And then you also have Blake Purchase. We're talking about the fall camp now in the summer. You have Blake Purchase there. Oh, Jaden Moore is another guy that's uh, already on campus at Edge Rusher and super athletic guy out of Central California. Got to make sure to mention him. But uh, he's another guy that's going to be in the mix at Edge Rusher. And you have Blake Purchase, um, Ashton Porter, as a couple other Edge players that are going to be joining Oregon later on down the line. But uh, don't go anywhere. We're going to continue our biggest questions for Oregon's defense after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And we are back on the Ducks Dish podcast. How's everybody doing? Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Just a quick reminder, make sure to smash that like and subscribe button. If you're watching on YouTube, that's a tremendous help, and it only takes a second out of your day. And leave me a comment letting me know what you think the biggest questions are for Dan Lanning and Oregon's defense in 2023, more specifically as we get going here in spring football. Next up, we're going to be talking about the defensive line. My question for the defensive line, will the group still be solid against the run, and can they collapse the pocket? So it's a little bit of a two-parter. What I already said earlier in this podcast is that Oregon was more than capable of stopping the run last year as a defensive line. But after that, you didn't necessarily know what you were going to get. You didn't know if they were going to be able to generate that push, if they were going to be able to win the line of scrimmage, if they were going to be able to collapse the pocket and drive their offensive linemen back into the quarterback. Those are all things that you want. Basically, the guiding thought here is that this could be one of the deepest defensive lines that Oregon has had in, in quite some time. Sorry, we're, we're a little bit, uh, we got some glare here on the YouTube. I tried to fix my blinds, but it looks like uh, I'm super glowing today. So sorry about that. Hang in there with me. But this defensive line group is loaded. The only guy you lose from last year is Jordan Riley. And I think he was a solid addition that uh, really helped Oregon after coming from Nebraska. But everybody else is back. You're talking Brandon Dorless, Popo Amavai, Casey Rogers, Taki Taimani, uh, Keon Ware Hudson. And then you have a couple of 2023 guys from the um, recruiting class that are already there early, Tavita Pomee and Michael Gardner out of Utah and Arizona, respectively. I think the, the biggest names here, obviously you have Brandon Dorless, right? You know, that was someone that I think a lot of guys, a lot of people didn't expect to come back in 2023, but he's back. He's their most versatile defensive lineman, whether it's on the interior or on the edge. I think he's really solid, but it looks like he's been able to do most of his damage and he's most effective on the interior, but they're going to be able to have some versatility. They're going to be able to have some options because of how deep this group is. They're going to be able to move him around, and I think that's going to be a big part of their equation. Popu Amavai, you know, first-team all-pack 12 caliber guy, missed all of the 2022 season due to injury. He's running it back for one more year. He's going to be a huge cog in the interior. That is a massive addition for Oregon. And honestly, you know, we kind of say it all the time, but that's a recruiting win without a doubt. So Popo's back. That's huge. Uh, you want to take this spring to kind of get him used to the game again because he was injured. So he wasn't, you know, used to the contact, wasn't playing all last year, obviously. 
And then Casey Rogers, we got to talk about Casey Rogers because he was one of the biggest additions that Oregon had from the transfer portal last year coming over from Nebraska with Tony Tuioti. Maybe didn't stuff the staff sheet, stat sheet, but that was a guy who I think made things difficult for other offenses, made things difficult for other quarterbacks. And that's the kind of guy you need on your defensive line. Um, really good energy. Uh, love his violent hands and his pursuit. Um, I think Casey Rogers is absolutely one of the best defensive linemen that Oregon has heading into next season. Then you have Taki Taimani who came over from Washington before last off season. I think that, uh, you know, he fell a little bit short of expectations this past year, but he's still a veteran guy. Um, a big, big body that you're going to use, you know, to, to defend the run. And hopefully he can take a step forward a bit as a pass rusher. Um, I think he's probably closer to like six, two and, you know, in that neighborhood of 300 pounds. So those guys typically aren't really known for getting after the passer, but maybe he'll be able to do that. And then you also have Keon Ware Hudson, who's a, a returning guy. He's been at Oregon for a while. Um, he showed some flashes last year. Um, also battled injury in 2021, but I think that he is someone who's going to be a dude this year. Uh, I feel like we're saying his name more and more each year and I like what he brings to the table. So even though he's maybe not one of the bigger names in the room, I think that he's going to put it together and really have a good season. And then Tavita Pomee, Michael Gardner, I think that it's great that they're on campus and going through this early. I'm not sure how much of a role they're necessarily going to have early on in this season, especially because of the other guys that you have coming in. You know, you have Terrence Green, who's really, really talented. Um, Amari Washington from Chandler, Arizona. He was kind of an under-the-radar, underrated signing in the 2023 class. He's one of the top guys out West, probably the top defensive tackle prospect out West in the 23 class. He's not even there yet, and uh, he's going to be another guy. Um, so I'm super stoked on him as well. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else I'm missing. Yeah, ben Roberts from the 2022 class. I think he redshirted last year. Sir Mel's is uh, experimenting that offensive line, it looks like. So we got to see how those storylines kind of pan out over spring football. But the defensive line group for Oregon is awesome. And I think that part of the reason they recruited the position so heavily in 23 is because you're losing a lot of these guys that I mentioned, you know, Dorless, Amavai, Rogers after the, the 2023 season. So you got to keep keeping that group stacked with top-end guys. And then lastly, we're going to talk about the backers. I think the linebacker position is certainly an interesting one for Oregon because the question there that I have for the episode, who steps up as Sewell's successor? I was going for some alliteration there. Sewell's successor. thought that was kind of cool. But yeah, Noah Sewell, you get the point. Noah Sewell is not with the team anymore. He's heading to the NFL. Uh, he was really the face of that position. But you do have some returning talent there and some new faces that you added in the mix. Uh, from last year, you have Jeffrey Bossa, the former safety, converted safety, has uh, had his ups and downs at linebacker, but I'm assuming he's feeling pretty confident at that spot, and uh, the coaching staff likes him there for the long term. Um, so I think Jeffrey Bossa, he's probably one of the better coverage guys because he's he has that defensive back background, so he should be able to help this group cover. That's where they really, really struggled last year, uh, especially over the middle. But one of their new guys, Connor Soley, who comes over from Arizona State, is another former DB kind of guy, a little bit uh, smaller. I think he's in the range of like six foot, 215 or so pounds. So kind of on that same level, but Boss is like six two. Um, but he's a guy that was really had a lot of people excited. Maybe you didn't know about him too much when he signed, but I think Connor Soley is going to help them in coverage. 
And then the big addition at linebacker via the portal is Justin Jacobs, who comes over from Iowa. Hardly played at all in 2022 after getting banged up. Um, but we know how valuable the linebackers are in Iowa's system. I think that that's pretty much their most consistent position on defense that they present that they produce. Rather, Jack Campbell was another name out of there that got a lot of hype, draws a lot of attention. But that this is a huge addition. Justin Jacobs, I want to say, is like 6'4", 240, really physical at the line of scrimmage. And the guy can move. The guy can also cover, and he also has a bunch of pass rush, uh, pass rush upside. I think that he was tabbed by the NFL Draft Bible as one of the top 2024 NFL Draft prospects in college football. And kind of along the lines of Jordan Birch, working with Dan Lanning, working with Tosh Lapoy, this is like a guy that they're really going to be able to get a lot out of this year. And they're going to need him to. So Justin Jacobs is another big name to know there. And then kind of just going down a little bit more, you got Jeffrey. Uh, I already talked about Jeffrey Bossa. Sorry. Keith Brown. Keith Brown was one of the best defenders for Oregon on the tail end of the season, particularly in that holiday bowl. I think that he's really starting to step into his own. And we're starting to see of what made him so special coming out of Lebanon uh, in Oregon. You know, always exciting to have in-state guys. Uh, and I think that he's going to be a special player. And um, I'm really excited that he's, you know, kind of finally getting to getting comfortable and um, looks like he's going to be able to carve out a role. And then you also have Harrison Taggart. Harrison Taggart was a 2022 linebacker signee for Oregon. And um, he didn't play a whole lot last year. So he's going to enter this as a, as a, a red shirt, um, as a red shirt freshman. And I was talking to a, a coach out in Utah the other day, and he was saying that, uh, you know, Taggart's a little bit stiff in the hips, but he makes up for it by being crazy fast and crazy athletic. Um, so I think that you have some reason to be excited about him for him to be flying around, helping out on defense, his quickness and his speed were definitely some of the things that popped off the tape as a high schooler. So that's going to need to find its way onto the field in 2023. If he wants to be competing for a, a, a spot in this rotation, then you also have Devin Jackson, Oregon's other 2022 linebacker signee. The ducks were a little light on numbers in 2023 recruiting at linebackers. So I think that some of these guys that have been at Oregon for a bit, are going to need to step up, even if it is just one season. And it's a little bit of the same story with Devin Jackson. He had a lot of speed coming out of high school, even though he was a linebacker. And now the question is, how do you find that balance between speed and adding to your frame, adding muscle, adding adding those pounds that you need to, to bang with those offensive linemen and uh, tight ends, and then keeping that quickness to, to cover running backs out of the backfield, to cover receivers. So, I think Devin Jackson's a guy who, like Taggart, could find himself into the rotation this year. Uh, but the Ducks saw a lot of uh, attrition at that position, right? Not only did Sewell leave for the NFL, uh, Jackson LaDuke transferred to Nevada as one of the um, key contributors for Oregon at linebacker. So um, there's going to be a lot there. And then Brian Michalowski, I want to say that's how you say it, Brian Michalowski takes over as the new inside linebackers coach with Jake Long going back to Alabama to rejoin Nick Saban's staff. So there's a lot of movement from a personnel standpoint and a coaching standpoint at linebacker. And it's going to be a group that is going to be tasked with stepping up this year because, you know, Oregon's defense wasn't good last year and linebacker pass coverage was a part of that uh, for sure. So they know that they kind of have a little bit of a target on their back would be my assumption. And this is a group that's capable of reaching the level of play that they need to 
probably going to be some growing pains, but you know, that happens when, when guys have to, you have to transition to new guys and you need new people to step up uh, in a new season. So I think that'll do it for today's episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. I'm going to be heading out to modern day. So uh, that's going to be fun. I'm going to try to get some good interviews uh, and uh, the, the Ducks have a number of top targets at modern day. You know, that's a national powerhouse out in Santa Ana. So make sure you guys stay tuned to my Twitter at mtorissports as well as to DucksDigest.com for the latest Oregon football recruiting intel and Oregon football news. But uh, that'll do it for this episode. Appreciate you guys supporting. Make sure to share the Ducks Dish podcast. That's a tremendous help. But uh, until next time, thank you so much. You've been listening and watching another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast.